0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: For all all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
0: What up? What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. I feel like even though we did record a podcast after the Lakers game, it just feels like we haven't really been together that much lately. We had some guest co hosts. I was away. There were like two games, and so. If you guys haven't noticed the pattern already, we record on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, or if it's not that same night, like we're recording the day after the two games. So I don't know. It just feels like it's been some distance between us. Maybe that's just in my mind. So we are back. We are back. Um, some of the vibes are back because I think they were definitely not present at all in the last episode. And even though the last game that they played, which was versus the... Clippers was a loss. They did get a win in the last two games, and we have finally reached the all-star break. I mean, not technically for the whole NBA, but for the Warriors, they are done. They are done playing games until next Thursday once the NBA season resumes after the all-star break. So we were, like, waiting to get to this point. Um, those last five games didn't quite go the way that we thought they would or would have... Um, like to, but hey, here we are. We are at the All Star break, and we know that this team really needed it. So, let's talk, Justin, about these last two games. Um, we had an Andrew Wiggins. We had an Andrew Wiggins game. Finally,
1: we sure did against the Wizards. He what did he have? Twenty nine. Yeah. First, his first game where he kind of looked back offensively. Um and really first got it game, in the post. Exactly, first game it seemed like all season where he was getting the ball inside the three and really going into work. Um, so hopefully they kind of like lean into that for the rest of the season because that's his money, like that's his his place where he can really hurt other teams. Like his obviously he's shooting as good as he has been like for the for the season, probably best of his career. But he has to be that guy that can get the twos consistently for them because right now they're just living and dying by the three.
0: And it seemed like he made a, like, not he, the team made a concerted effort to involve him in the offense. Right. And I mean, we've been calling for that. And I feel like we call for this every year with Andrew. Um, Mm -hmm. Why do you think it takes them, particularly when the team is depleted, why do you think it takes them so long to realize hey, we have this guy, Andrew Wiggins, here who (laughs) can operate in that part of the court. Let's get him involved. Let's get him going downhill. Let's get him posting up. Let's, you know, get him, like, run some actions for him. Why do you think it takes them so long to realize they need to do this?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I think this year in particular has been so many moving pieces with guys in and out of lineup with injury that it it consistently morphs and changes the hierarchy of the offense. Like, obviously, when Steph is there, he's number one, right? He goes out of his way sometimes to let other guys get theirs, but ultimately, at the end of the day, most of the offense is going to be ran for him to score, create an advantage. And then when he's out, Jordan is pretty much filling in for that. So Jordan becomes a number one option. Um, and then Clay is kind of like the permanent second option. So if <laughs> there was a portion of the season, obviously, when Wiggins was out and they were doing – Steph, Clay, and well, even with Wiggins, they're doing Steph, Clay, and Jordan all in the starting lineup. So now Jordan, it's just this weird, Jordan goes from the first option to the th- to the third. And, you know, it's just been so weird all year trying to figure out who the offense should run through and who they should call plays for. Um, so I, I think going into that game, they were just like, all right, Steph is out. Let's, um, you know, try to see what we can do with Andrew, especially when they just needed buckets. Like they were just bleeding so many points that they just needed easy buckets. And they, I guess they leaned on them finally.
0: Now, I mean, is this matchup dependent or is this just based on their abilities or is it a combo? So what I mean by that is, cause I like, so like we're saying clay is a, perp- a permanent second option. But should he always be the permanent second option? I mean, I guess if there's a higher hierarchy, I think it should be like, okay, Steph is one. And then like Clay, Andrew and pool, at least with respect to being scoring options, should be sort of like a two A, B and C, depending on the night, the team or whatever. But I feel like they don't operate like that. And I'm, I feel like they should, right? Because there's some nights where like, maybe it's clay doesn't have it. And so it calls for more of Andrew or maybe it's like the, the matchup is just better. Like if you let Andrew, you know um deal with those mismatches. Right. So that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like, I don't like, I feel like they shouldn't be operating from a place that like, not that clay isn't the second option, but should he always be the first second option? <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I guess as a default, I would probably stick with Clay as the as second option, just because when he gets the ball, he does just garner a lot of attention. Um, and they they got to do a better job of pivoting, though. They got to do a better job and say, "All right, Clay might not have it tonight. Let's let's throw it to Wiggins a few times." And even if Clay is the second option, it doesn't mean Andrew can't get plays called for him as well. You know, like, um, you know, if they run if they run a certain action and the first look is supposed to be Steph and the second look is supposed to be Clay. If neither of those guys are open, you don't got to force it to click. You don't got to force it to Steph. You can always say, all right, whatever, let's throw it down to Andrew for a few possessions, see if he can get something going. And I would like to see that, like, be a little bit more based on matchup going. And, I mean, they they shouldn't start pool with them with those guys anymore. Like, we've seen that defensively it just doesn't work. So when Pool does come off the bench, I think um, he's kind of like the default first option unless he's playing with Steph because he – you know he has to carry those units offensively as the as the ball handler but yeah i mean i guess when you when you get to the playoffs then it becomes a lot more you know matchup dependent and we saw even against boston in the finals last year they saw like clay is just not going to get a lot of space against this team cuz they they switch everything off ball and they got the length and the athleticism and the size to be physical with clay and not let him get a clean look so they kind of it kind of just turned into andrew being the second option because they would put guys like Derek White on him and just smaller players or slower players on him, and he just could go to work that way. And Clay and JP had to figure it out on their own. But um, yeah, I guess just in a regular season, I would default to, to Clay being the second option just because it opens so much up for everybody else. Um, but they got to do a better job of just getting Andrew involved, period. Just maybe just pivoting off of Clay when they need to sometimes.
0: Okay. You know, the Wizards came into that game, like, hot in terms of, like, their three-point shooting, not just in that game, but, like, coming into it, like, some of their past games and they got in some wins. So that was actually a really good win because of the teams that they faced for these last five games before All-Star, I I thought the Wizards and the Clippers were going to be two of the harder teams, you know? Like, I thought the Lakers were going to be one of the easier teams. Obviously, that was before they they made the trade, but... They still should have won that Lakers game. Um, and then what was the other one that they lost that they shouldn't have during that five game stretch? Portland. Portland, right? And so But they so they beat the Wizards. Um so they went two and five. Ideal no, two and three, right? Okay, out of five, yeah. yeah they 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 lost two. They won two, lost three. Ideally we would have at least won it three and two. And they, they, they really could have gone four and one. Um, and actually, That's just right. based on every game played, they could have won each game.
1: They could have, gone five
0: and they could they have won every single game. And, you know, let's talk about the Clippers game because I was actually, like, very annoyed last night by that game. And a lot of times I'm annoyed by, like, the bullshit that the players are doing. But this was a night that I was annoyed by Steve Kerr because mm-hmm. – I feel like the game was lost in that third quarter when he decided to go to that all-bench lineup that he had out there. Um, I don't even remember who the fuck was out there, but I know who wasn't out there. I know that Draymond wasn't out there. I know Clay wasn't out there. I know Poole wasn't out there. And I know Looney wasn't mm-hmm. out there. So those four guys, none of them were on the court. And I'm not sure why Steve Kerr thought that that could work. So here's this. I understand why he may have tried it. But to me, the moment... Like, you got to down, like, five points or whatever it was, and you called that first time out. I don't understand why people didn't come back in then. No, he then proceeded to play the unit, like, longer. And I think – I don't remember who he subbed, but I think Moody came in because I don't think Moody was on the court originally. I can't remember exactly. But it was just, like, a slightly different version of an all-bench lineup. Um, They proceeded to, like, go down more. And that was really your ball game. You know, by the time – you got other players back in. They just never got back into the game. Um mm-hmm. So I was annoyed by that, you know, because. So I was annoyed by that. That's one. I was annoyed by people saying they were never going to win the game anyway. Why not? Why weren't they ever like. They I, I Right. I don't understand that thought process. Um So I, I don't I don't I just. It's not that I don't get it. I know why people are saying that. I just strongly, strongly disagree with it. Um right. And then I also am annoyed by, like, the blame thing or this. I don't know. The fan base has a weird thing with Jordan Poole that's very odd to me. Um, But, like, they were like, well, you know, Kerr had to bench him because, like, they lost all their momentum when he took that shot. So I'm like, so that one single shot is the reason all the other shit happened? You know, he's also the reason that, like – they were able to come back in and get back in that game. So like fine, you take a timeout then and talk to him. You know? You don't bench, you don't bench him and then proceed to fucking let the game get out of reach, right? And and the reason I'm so annoyed by it, Justin, is because is because they we're about to have a break, right? So like I, I honestly I don't care that much about That that Dre played thirty something minutes. So what? Play him fucking forty five minutes because you know what? (laughs) Like he's about he's about to have a break. You know? I mean, I'm I'm obviously I'm being dramatic, but I'm just saying that like why are we worried about minutes when they're about to have a long ass fucking break, right? Like if you were gonna do that, Mm -hmm. then just don't even fucking play them, right? And then it's like finally we said Clay can play. You know, the second night of a back to back. And people are like, you know, like, it's his first time back doing that. I'm like, bro, it's two years removed from this injury. we waited two-thirds of the season. Like, if he can't even play. Like, what if the game went to overtime, right? What if it wasn't that, but the game went to overtime? Were they not going to play him in overtime because he reached a minutes threshold? Like, if you're saying he can play in the game, then you got to fucking play him regularly, right? Like, just why are we worried about minutes? The night before they're going on a fucking long ass break. I, Justin, I do not understand. I don't understand, but those are all the things that annoyed me about the, um, loss to the Clippers. I'm going to stop now because I rambled, um, and give you a moment yeah. to like, <laughs> to, to, to give us your thoughts.
1: No, I agree for sure. It's like, the, you you had a chance against a a pretty good team like the Clippers. I think they're okay. Like they've been quote unquote playing better, but they haven't beat any good teams recently. Like all their wins have been against mid teams, and they've lost to every good team they've played in this recent stretch. Um, so that that game was definitely winnable, right? Like like you just said, if you're not going to play guys their full minutes and go for the win, then why then why play? Right? Second night of a back to back. Oh, was it back to back or not? Yeah, I mean, like it was. Yeah, second night of a back, second night of a back to back. Like you clearly want to win this game, or else you would have sat Clay, right? Like you really want to go for it. Wiggins is sitting, and you said, okay, like we're going to have to play Clay and try to get this win.
0: They climbed back from advantage. a deficit early, exactly.
1: right? right. The also, a sign they were
0: trying to win the fucking game.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then, I mean, like for the majority of the first half, like the Clippers were in it because guys were hitting tough ass shots. Kawhi was hitting tough contested fadeaways and threes and. Norman right. He's Kyle not that kind of three point shooter. Kawhi. I mean, yeah, he's like, great. He like, he's, he's a great good shooter. Right.
0: Yeah. But he's not that he's not that like, that's not going to be sustained. Maybe exactly. in the game. a game, definitely not over a series and we're not talking about a series, but like he did cool off a little bit in the second half.
1: I was going to say, over the course, even over the course of a game, like, he's hitting crazy shit. So, like, you play consistent good defense on him for the full game, then, I mean, more times than not, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. But they were just like, nah, we're going to guard you with fucking Anthony Lamb and, like, <laughs> and, and, you know, Kaminga, who's very good defender, but he's young. And no, no J Ma, no Looney in the court. Like, we are not putting our best defensive effort out there right now. And the Clippers just fucking cooked him, like. I didn't know what they were going to expect. Like, even that game, like, Kaminga wasn't really playing his best defensively, I don't think. And there are some games where he's playing a lot better than that, and he gets pulled for for other guys. So it's like, what do you want? Like, I don't understand. When he's not playing his best, you're giving him extended rope in a winnable game, which ultimately leads to them losing. And when he is playing great, you just yank him for no reason, and you're, and you're playing these older guys a lot of minutes where you really could have just gave John DeComingo a little bit more minutes. So, I don't know. This recent stretch of, like, you know, last week or two from Courage just hasn't been the best, I don't think. Um, And I think, like, they just needed this break. Like, (laughs) the coaching staff, the front office, the fan base, the players, everybody needed this break to kind of recalibrate. And, you know, hopefully they come out on the other side of this rejuvenated, ready to, you know, make a push for the last 24 games of the season. Because they just kind of stumbled into the into the All Star break when they really had an opportunity, like we just said, to go five and zero and kind of run into the All Star break with some with some momentum and feeling good about themselves.
0: Yeah, um, I don't care, however, Kaminga is playing unless he's just like god awful. I don't want to see him getting benched, and certainly not for fucking Anthony Lamb. Um, that's how I feel. Who was not good last night, but hey. He's not good most nights. Um, Yeah, I don't don't understand what happened last night. And, you know, like I was having a conversation and, you know, people were like, they couldn't do anything to stop Kawhi or whatever. And I'm just like, were the Clippers stopping the Warriors? Like, I don't remember them stopping the Warriors either. I mean, all that happened was that we put a more inferior – group of guys on the court but like were they stopping clay or jordan i remember there was a shootout throughout the game and like i remember tweeting defense must be optional so it's like yeah they weren't stopping Kawhi, but they weren't stopping our guys either right so like well the warriors were never going to sustain that but were the clippers like i just don't understand like why are we saying they would have but we couldn't have you know, like, I actually I mean, who- expect Clay to sustain that level of shooting more than I expect Kawhi. If we're just talking about shooting, like, Kawhi is the better player. We know that. But, like, if I'm just saying shooting and I'm like shooting Kawhi, shooting Clay, I expect Clay to be the one who can sustain the higher level of, like, shooting like that. Um, so I just, I didn't understand the points that were being made to me. I didn't agree with them.
1: Uh, but. Warriors put up 124. Right, The Warriors put a 124. That's a lot of points. Clearly, the Clippers weren't guarding them that well. right? It was literally that fourth quarter where the Clippers, or the third quarter where the Clippers scored 44 points that kind of brought them back into the lead, and it was over really from there.
0: Yeah, because like, you're not going to get them to do another, like, let's make up another double-digit lead. Like, they already did that once in the game. It just it's wasn't going to happen again. Um, so I was, I was really annoyed. I was really annoyed, but I said, okay, like, it's just, you watch this and you're like, no stuff, no wig. And they're right there with the Clippers. This is why I just still believe that they have a chance, Justin. And we can get into that in the next segment, but this is why I can't count out the Warriors. So this seems like a good place for us to break. You were tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey Original Podcast
1: For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into
0: Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. Y'all can't see me, but I hope you can hear me smiling because Justin and I just had like a really a quick, you know, we we between segments we sort of talk about like what we're going to talk about next, and so. We're going to get into it, but I'm smiling because, like, we just really realize not just realize we've been saying this, but there are really no juggernauts. Like, there's no one right now that you can look at, even with Denver and their fucking record, none of these teams are juggernauts. And I'm saying not even the Celtics because we see what happens whenever the Warriors play the Celtics. And for those reasons, right, like, this is why Dub Nation you should not be freaking out. Like you just shouldn't be. We understand that it's annoying. You heard the last episode of the podcast. Like we were like, all right, all right. Like y'all get no vibes because this is bullshit, right? So we have not enjoyed this the same way y'all have not. And it has annoyed us too. And it's not a great process. You do want them to like build the good habits and show the shit and all of that. You, You do, but- the reality of this NBA season, not just for the Warriors, is that everybody's sort of playing like that. And even the teams who are playing well, they have weaknesses. They just haven't been exposed yet. But you look at Denver when we played them earlier in the year. That was a close game, and that's when we were rolling with Wiseman. You look at the Celtics. We beat them once. And then, and I don't think we even had everybody when that game was played, right? Someone was missing.
1: Didn't have Wiggins. Didn't have Wiggins.
0: Did not have Andrew Wiggins that game, who versed, this, versed the Celtics particularly is a very good matchup for him, right? And so we didn't have Wiggins. And then the second game, we all know they should have won that game in Boston. They didn't, but it's like, look at, like Jason Tatum had to play basically the whole fucking game, <laughs> you know, for them to, to beat the Warriors who just had like Steph and wigs coming off injury. Right. So
1: and they, and they had a double digit fourth quarter lead.
0: Yeah. So you, you, my point is that there's, there's no teams who the Warriors are playing that they're getting outclassed by that. That's, that's even for the teams that are like at the top. Right. And then for like, mm-hmm. look at last night versus the Clippers. They, they were playing, they were in there. They were beating at points in the game. The Clippers who had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and we did not have Stephen Curry or Andrew Wiggins.
1: Exactly. They had their full team. Yeah. I mean, you just you said it like even that Nuggets game, I'm just looking back at that very first Nuggets game of the season. Obviously, that was the second game of the season. Like teams are you know, they look a lot different towards the end of the season, but every single starter on the Warriors had a at least plus three. Plus minus, staff was plus nine. Clay was plus nine. Wiggins plus seven. Draymond plus eleven. Literally, the bench lost that game, and that was when the bench was just terrible to start the season.
0: Did we um, even have Dante that game? Because he got hurt very early in the season.
1: He only played ten minutes that game. Um, that might have been the game where he got injured. Uh, but he only played ten minutes that game. It was a, it was a lot of, a lot of James, a lot of Jordan. James and Jordan both started the season terrible, obviously. Um, so they kind of tanked that bench unit, but the starters played better than their starters. They didn't have Jamal yeah. Murray, but they had everybody else, and um, it was a, it was a shootout. But every team at the top of the league they played already. And I mean, wasn't that the game Milwaukee. where like
0: Bones Highland went like crazy or something, or was doing something? Was it Bones?
1: Mm-hmm. Bones. Bones had fourteen points. DeAndre Jordan four for four nine points. He was just kind of outplaying James, but that's just another conversation. Jeff Green ten points. So yeah, their bench just killed our bench. It's literally the difference. And Denver has um, no bench, won. by the
0: way, and they traded bones.
1: Right, right. I mean, they, I think they're about to pick Reggie Jackson up. Who's like he's he's a good backup, but Denver's bench and Denver's defense is obviously their two biggest weaknesses. Um, and then depending on how healthy Golden State goes into a series against them, that would be a strength for Golden State, especially matchup wise. We have that we have a guy, multiple guys that they can't guard. So um, and
0: I can't yeah, I can't emphasize this enough where it's like. If there is a game that's played and Steph didn't play and also Andrew didn't play, but that Steph didn't play, there's no like your reaction to that game cannot be anything besides no matter how they lost, no matter if they could have won, the reaction should be that Stephen Curry didn't play like all the, but we should have won. And Stephen Curry did not play in that game. So there, you can't have any major takeaways from that.
1: You no, know, because the people,
0: yeah, people are all just like, are we allowed to freak out now? I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I don't know that it makes a lot of sense in a game <laughs> where Stephen Curry and Andrew Wiggins didn't play. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, um, you know, look, people, you know, they come in my mentions all the time. Oh, you want us to have blind faith? Well, oh, I, I barely am able to have blind faith in the Lord. So, no, I'm not telling you to have blind faith in anyone. Um, and, and I am someone who believes in God. I'm just saying like having blind faith is a hard thing to do in itself. So no, that's not what I'm suggesting. But what I am saying is that like, I I don't know. So one, I don't know what the alternative Justin is. If I, if, if I'm upset about them losing and I'm not positive or remaining with the, with that, with the, the thought process and idea that they can still win. Then what's the alternative for me to be like, they can't fucking win? Is it to write off the season? I mean, what is the alternative that like option for me? So that, that's, that's one. But secondly, I don't know what it is that makes people have more faith in teams that have not done it than one that has. Over and over and over. Like, see, if the Warriors had only won their first chip for the first time and then looked like this and did not have this rich legacy of winning, then I'd be, like, maybe a little bit more shook. But mm-hmm. they have won repeatedly. They've made it to the finals repeatedly, even if they didn't win. Um, And whether people want to acknowledge it or not, This was a lot of the same ways that people were talking in the second half of last season, right? They started off hot, and then they were like a 500 team for the rest of the way. And so people were like, we shouldn't be losing to these teams. And the only only thing that was different, and I get it, it's a big difference, is that they started hot in the season, so the record looked better, but the same shit was being said. You know, you can't just flip a switch, and you got to build good habits. And blah, 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 blah. And we don't know what they're going to be like going into the season. And there's not going to be enough time for them to get it together. And lo and behold, <laughs> two series, they went five games. No series went seven games. I mean, like, just why do you keep doubting these guys? You know, you had last night, Chris Haynes talking about it on TV, right? He talked to Draymond mm-hmm. and Draymond's like, look, it still goes through us. And Chris Haynes challenged him. He's like, but wait a minute. What about the Suns and, like, all this other stuff? And Draymond's like, what the fuck did I say? I'm paraphrasing now. I don't know what Draymond said. But basically, Draymond's like, yo, it still goes through us. Like, for one, what else do you expect Draymond to say? Like, he's not going to be like, so that's one. But two, I don't think what Draymond is saying, like, I don't doubt that Steph and Clay And they all feel like that. They don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about any other team. Like, you expect them to be like, they fear? they supposed to fear the Suns? a team with players that they've owned like religiously mm-hmm. Chris Paul, they've whether people want to admit it or not, they handled Kevin Durant in the past before Kevin Durant just got fucking swept last year. I don't like, I, I don't, you know, what do you expect them to say? You know, they, who are they supposed to fear? So they shouldn't be surprised by that reaction, but of course they're going to think like that. Of course they are.
1: Yeah. And I mean the people who are like super super negative about the whole thing and like oh the Warriors aren't going to go anywhere this year, they never name the team that's gonna beat them. They never name the team that's gonna beat them, they never name a group of teams that's gonna beat them. It's just always like, Yeah, we're not gonna win it. Well, who who's gonna be the team that beat them then? Just give me a name, right? Like, okay, Denver has been the best team in the West all season, right? In a sit in a series, They got to beat him four times, right? Everybody, every second somebody talks about how good Jokic is, there's two to three to four other people that's coming right behind him and telling us how bad he is on defense, how they can't win a championship with a a center that bad defensively anchoring their defense, how Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., who might be their second and third or fourth best player, going to have to finish games with them are also not great on defense, right? You got Aaron Gordon. You got Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. You got Bruce Brown. Three really point of attack wing defender type of guys trying to carry their defense, right? And in a playoff series, the other three guys who are their best players are going to have to deal with being hunted and hunted and hunted time and time again throughout the course of a series. Like, can And what kind of that?
0: season right. is Jamal Murray even having? Like, I'm not trying to, like like – say he's not a good player, but I mean, he wasn't even in all-star conversations. My point is that like, I don't know if Jamal Murray's even back, back yet this year, you know, like there's some inconsistency, I think in his play. And, and, but honestly, he was sort of inconsistent in his play even before he got injured. Right. People use that, that bubble, (laughs) you know, to be like, you know, he needs to get back to that level. But to me the bubble was an outlier because we had never seen Jamal Murray like that consistently, like, in a postseason until the bubble. So we don't know if he can really be that player all the time or if, like many other things that happened in the bubble, that it was just an outlier.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's been – the first The first half of the season, he was kind of slow. He's been picking it up the second half of the season. He's – for, like, the last 20-ish games, he's been close to 50, 45, 90. So he's been looking like bubble Jamal Murray, at least from his splits. But he's missed the last – five games with knee soreness, right? Is he going to be able to make it through a full postseason? Is the grind of having all those minutes on his body in the, in the postseason against a team that's hunting him consistently and consistently in pick and roll and making him play defense. Can his body hold up and can his offense hold up? Like that's, that's yet to be seen. Um, so there's just a big question mark surrounding Denver and all these other teams. Can does Phoenix have enough depth? Do they have enough defense? Do they have enough time to build chemistry with, adding a superstar in the fold right that's not it's not a guy you could just put in just like he's just going to be Mikael Bridges like right? you got to call plays for him you got to do all this stuff to include a guy of that magnitude so how are they going to look clearly Dallas is having some issues they got to work out
0: oh you um, were talking about the Suns just Green. then you're talking about Kevin Durant I was, yeah I was just
1: talking about the Suns yeah even the Mavericks too like clearly Luka and Kyrie they got some things to figure out as well like, yeah the they last, lost the their game last game two games Minnesota, Last three now, Denver's smacking them last time I checked. Um, <laughs> but Kyrie's not playing. <laughs> like, they got a lot of stuff to figure out. A guy like Luka has never played with somebody like Kyrie of his magnitude, like in his career. So, at the late, at the end of games, you know, it could look real first year Miami, LeBron, D. Wade ish, where they was Would you see like, that like, play you know, at
0: the end of the game where it was just like, <laughs> they just they just ended up getting the shot from off? From
1: exactly. Like, it's, it might be a lot of that. Like, I'm looking at Dallas and I'm looking at Phoenix like okay, next year they're going to be very, very good because they're going to have a full summer of training camp and all this type of stuff to to work out some kinks. But I don't know if they have enough time before the playoffs to work out enough kinks to actually win a win a win a championship, right? Where the Warriors core and all their main guys have been together for years at this point. They know what they're going to time and time again. There is no confusion about it. So the Warriors have that advantage on them. You know, like it's just all the teams in the West. I'm not really worried about the East because you only have to play one of those teams at the end of the day, if you make it to the finals. So you worry about that when you get there, but I'm looking at the West. I don't think the Clippers are better than the Warriors. They were just pretty much in a dogfight fight with the Warriors for a majority of the game without Stefan Wiggins. Um, you know,
0: let me ask you this question. The- I'm sorry. Hold your thought. Please don't forget it. But do you think the Suns, like if, if they were to see the Warriors in a, in a, in a, I'm um, in the postseason? With Chris Paul having so much experience playing them and with Kevin Durant having been on the team before, do you think that helps them in any way in terms of kind of knowing what the Warriors will do?
1: Um, yes and no at the same time. I think scouting in general, like it's not – they're going to have – you know, they scout, so like they're going to know what the Warriors want to do. It's just about can you stop it, right? Um, So I don't think it necessarily gives them any like – crazy advantage over any other team but you know you still have to acknowledge it right that experience of Chris Paul playing against Steph in multiple playoff series and KD playing with and against Steph in playoff series and all these uh, all these things but at the end of the day who do they have that can stay in front of him nobody right at least not right now like who are they gonna put on him Devin Booker is Chris Paul gonna guard Steph for seven games he's gonna light his old ass on fire like I'm sorry like KD could never guard him. He definitely can't guard him now. We going to switch Aiden on him on switches? Like, I just think there are matchup issues on both sides, right? KD's always a matchup problem, but we are, we, the Warriors are more equipped to guard KD and Chris Paul and Devin Booker than the other side around, the other way around, right? Now, the Warriors don't have a second guy like as good as Devin Booker, right? Unless Clay just turns back the clock and looks like 2019. Um, but similar to Boston, right? If you got one guy on the other side that you just absolutely cannot stop, then it kind of makes up that gap. But, but by just, the way, I mean, you just, can you can get
0: like a game or two like that from playing the series. So for sure. And and also, and then you then you have like an Andrew game or you have a pool game, and that's where you get right. it, even if you don't have it as a consistent second guy. Because I think after Kevin and Devin, then there's sort of like a a drop off, you know, like Aiton is reliant mm-hmm. on being set up, right? Like he's not just going to come in and dominate. So, and, and I mean, that's all Chris Paul is really going to be doing. I'm sure at that he can still be elite, but he's just not, he's not that good anymore. Like, I don't even know if he's going to be there next year. So to your point of like, they'll probably be much better next year. Like, yes, just in general, but also like, I don't know what that team's going to look like. Cause I don't like the sons were looking to get rid of Chris Paul and I don't know, if that will still be the case.
1: Right. You're right. I mean, they might get Fred Van or Kyrie or something like that. But yeah, this pretty much my overall point is all these teams have weaknesses and the teams who quote unquote, have the least amount of weaknesses that are sitting at the top of the conference. The Warriors are a matchup issue for them, right? We already see Denver last year. Jokic is going to get filleted in a pick and roll, like consistently over the course of a series. And then Memphis is just too dumb. They're too immature. Their half court offense stinks. Like the Warriors, I think, just have an advantage, a distinct advantage over them, both mentally and schematically and talent wise, where I don't, I just can't see Memphis beating them four times, right? Now, the Warriors, like they've done all year, could beat themselves. But in the playoff series, we just haven't seen them do that. Like we just haven't ever seen them they'll beat themselves in a game,
0: game. not four games out of the series,
1: not four games, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They might like Memphis played them well one game, and it came down to the wire, and they they beat them in game two, right? Same way game one it came down to the wire, and the Warriors came out on top. So the, so the Grizzlies technically beat them one game, and then the Warriors literally gave them another game. It's the only reason they went to six, they could have swept them, <laughs> to be honest, right? If they if they win game two. They literally could have swept them. But, um, you know, like you just said, they're not going to beat themselves four times. And You just look at all up and down the conference, Denver has a weakness. Memphis has a weakness. Sacramento has weaknesses defensively. Suns have weaknesses defensively with depth and with chemistry that they got to work through. Same thing with Dallas. The Clippers, um, I just don't think they got enough outside of Kawhi and, and Paul George. Even though they have a deep team, I just don't think You know, they're going to beat the Warriors four times Pelicans injury issues. It's just all up and down the conference. I just don't see a team that I'm like, yeah, the Warriors probably just can't beat them. Like, right. So that's why the optimism is always there until they prove that it shouldn't be. Um, And that's the only way they can do that is if they lose in the playoffs four times to one of these teams.
0: And look, I get it. I get it. Just like 2016 is very triggering and traumatizing. So is um, 2021 and then losing the play-in. I get it. I get it. So I understand why Mm -hmm. people don't want to be in the play-in again. I'm right there with you. But at the end of the day, um, and I, I do think the Warriors will secure one of the top six spots. I believe that. Um, but at the end of the day, when people just keep harping over the seating, it's like, guys, literally right now, three through six, three through 13, like anyone in one of those spots, honestly, can like fall anywhere. So it's just still, I get that we want them to kind of start that run, but it's just like, it just might be like this down to the end of the season, Um, you know, but. They, like they have not lost the ability to get to like the fourth seed. And like, if they really, really like go on a winning win, win, like hot streak, they could even still get to third. Like that is still actually a viable option. So. It's like it, it sucks, it's annoying, but it's also like that is the reality. And because that is the reality, that's why I can feel like, OK, they they really do still have a chance. And it's not fake and it's not Beautiful. made up. That's just really the reality.
1: Right. I mean, we'll we'll get into it at a, at a later point, but they are set up to, you know, win a lot of their last games um, and then kind of straight out of the gate from All-Star break, they can go on a little, a little mini run to set them up nicely so they can kind of, you know, be in a nice position for that last home stretch before the playoffs start. So I ultimately think they're going to end up where they should, um, I ultimately think they're going to be out of the play-in because what Pel- the Pelicans are in six right now, they're in ninth. So
0: yeah, the Pelicans we'll are sliding, and like it, like Zion, he's now going to be out longer. He had like a setback, so you have to wonder about them. They're probably going to maybe end up being a play-in team now. They were looking so good earlier, but you know, they're two main right. guys. <laughs> they two main guys. So, you know, you have that going on there. Um, Now, apparently, LeBron has, like, an injury that who knows what that's going to mean for their season. He is playing tonight, and he now apparently is going to be honored again in, in the All-Star game. Um Were you aware of that?
1: No, I, I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, I didn't, I, I haven't seen it, but I was told I heard about it earlier today and I was like, honored for what? I wasn't even trying to be funny because I, I was so confused. They were like, the Kareem thing. And I'm like, wait, didn't that just happen the other night though? Like, meaning wasn't he honored the other night? Um, but apparently they feel the need to like do something separately at All Star. I'm like, I don't remember this happening for Steph when he broke the three point record. There wasn't a second ceremony. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like no, wait,
1: the wait. all. Steph broke it after the All Star break, though, right?
0: No, he broke it before.
1: Did he? Mm-hmm. Let <laughs> me double check. Yeah. It was against the Knicks. Yeah, you're right. It was. It was definitely before. Yeah. It was months. Be- yeah, it was like months before. You're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I get that they feel like that's the bigger record, but I just, I don't know why it needs like an additional honoring at the All Star game. But whatever. Anyway, um, so I was like, so he's playing an All Star, but not playing for the Lakers. So I'm sure the reason he's playing tonight is because it will look very fugazi if he, <laughs> if he, uh. <laughs> didn't play tonight and then but I mean it's just wild like you you go to break the record then you don't play the next game then there's all this injury stuff I just I'm sorry I don't believe in the Lakers I don't care about these changes they made people are like nah come on now that team is like not for real for real but people think that and I'm just like bro like you're just not selling me on the Lakers
1: literally as we speak they were cooking the the Pelicans in the first quarter and then they're only up by two now like (laughs) like they 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 are not a great team i'm sure greg is like looking at the game looking at the score very closely because he's you know monetarily invested in the outcome but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm
0: not a believer in the lakers so i don't know that we really need to acknowledge any more teams in the western conference i think you know it's like the pels are one of those teams that i would have like given a shot to but you know i just with their injuries going on, I don't know. It doesn't seem likely. And then as, as nice of a story as the Kings are, I don't think that they're making a deep run either. So you're really talking about the suns, Denver, potentially the Grizzlies and us, I think truly.
1: Yeah. Depending on like what Dallas can do, if they can. Oh put yeah. Together some facsimile and really have a good we defense in the about, playoffs. Yeah. Um.
0: Dallas, too. If they
1: can defend well enough to stay in games, then it's going to be hard to beat them You know, if Luke and Kyrie can figure out the late-game stuff. But that's a question mark. Who knows if they're going to figure that out? It's Regardless, very- I, don't,
0: I don't think they're like a deep-run team. I think they're like sealing maybe second round.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they're a deep-run team. They're just going to be like a team that's it's going to be hard to beat them. But they're not going to – somebody's going to beat them. It's just going to be a real tough series, I think, too.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's break here. Um, But the bottom line is, guys, you should still have hope. Don't drive yourself crazy when they annoy us and they inevitably will annoy us. I don't know. Go eat your favorite ice cream or do something. But don't get stressed out because all is not lost.
1: Cookies and cream, cream, right?
0: Mm. Best flavor, right? So you were tuned in to Golden Spaces and Odyssey (laughs) original podcast. Justin and Matt, we will be right back.
1: For all all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
0: What up, what up? It's golden spaces. All right. So All-Star Break is coming. Um, we'll get to that. You know, it's a couple more days of NBA games. It's the NBA, so anything can happen. We didn't really talk about like the buyout stuff. It's it's you know, Bob had that like final that post-game, or not post-game, the presser, where he finally spoke about GP2 and they spoke about. Wiseman and I think he was asked about like buyout candidates some of his answers were interesting Justin and so it's really hard to say like I'm not sure if they're going to go after anyone on the buyout market
1: right that definitely made me raise like an eyebrow like hmm is there some type of rift going on here is there some type of disconnect on what they should be doing which,
0: did it feel like he was taking a shot at Steve?
1: I don't know. I think kind of it did. Like, I can definitely see how it can be read that way. But
0: And let's just let the audience to know the comment that was made that I'm saying that about is because he's just like, well, I mean, because we need to know, like, is that player going to get to play? <laughs> you know, like, it's something along those lines that is just like, whoa, whoa, like. It just kind of felt like there was a little like Steve caught astray, but maybe not.
1: He might have. He might have. He might have used that kind of to throw shade at both Steve and Up. Like just kind of like, well, you might want a guy Up, like but is, is Steve Craig going to play him? And maybe that's for good reason that he doesn't play him, you know? Like, or he could be like, hey, Steve, we got guys on the roster that you ain't even playing. Do you even trust like our judgment, you know, cuz he could he could even be talking about guys like PBJ like don't play. Could help probably, but doesn't play. So, yeah, definitely interesting. It's not easy yeah. to just step into the Warriors system and know how to play within it. So
0: I mean, I guess if someone glaring becomes open on the buyout market, right? That makes sense. They'll go for it, but I guess what I take from the answer is like, they're not just going to go try to get someone to get someone. So it has to be someone who would make sense. So we've talked about a lot of different names on this show already, but with that in mind, um, we don't know if Kevin Love's going to become available, but should he come become available? I think he could be one of those players. Dario could be another mm-hmm. one. Um. But I don't, I'm not sure about like uh New Orleans Noel. Like, would you go for him or not? You know, like you can see the upside, but maybe he doesn't fit right away. Maybe he struggles a little bit. And so maybe they're like, not sure about someone like that. You know, I don't know. Um, But maybe some of these other, well, I think Deadman already got picked up and I don't know if they really would have gone after him, but maybe some of these other guys who might be out there, like they they don't go after because it's just like, are we really going to do anything with you?
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, you got to, I guess you got to look, but it just doesn't seem like there's a ton out there for them to work with. I think they really should have capitalized on the trade deadline a little bit better, like letting a guy like Mike mustala go to the Celtics when he potentially could have been had and he's playing well for them. I think he would have fit perfect in the role that they want. You know, a guy that can just kind of play team defense, hit the three, grab some rebounds, whatever. But, you know, Jermichael's been playing better. I guess we'll see. And, I like, I don't think it's going to be a guy that they sign off the buyout unless it is a no-brainer guy that's out there. Like, say, a Kevin Love becomes available. If not, I don't think they're going to budge. We just got to hope that it's Tyrone that gets that last spot instead of someone else.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he's making a strong case for it right now, based on the latest play, because mm-hmm. it feels like he's been more impactful in the games than sure. yeah. So um obviously positionally, um Lamb is probably what's more of the need, but he like he doesn't help. So if Jamichel can I guess keep continue to be serviceable. Maybe that's enough, you know? I don't, I don't know. Um, but here we are. That, that's the situation we're in. They did ultimately keep GP2. We thought that's what was going to happen. There seems to be optimism that he could return before three months. Like, look, three months was putting you like in the second round. So that was always a little crazy to me. But like, they said a month's time, right? Is when they're going to check him. Wasn't it
1: a month? Yeah. Evaluated in a month. And that was like a few days ago.
0: So, I mean, you're talking about some time in March, which, like, if he comes back then, it's still not that many games left in the season, you know, because they only play until about mid-April and then the playoffs start.
1: Yeah, kind of did the math on it. If he's reevaluated in a month from when they announced it, that would be March 13th. Um, they play Phoenix that day. So, you know, I go to say usually goes one to two week ramp up. Um, so depending on how how fast he ramps up, if he comes back in two weeks from that day, it would be March twenty eighth and he'll have seven, six games left in the season. Um, and if he comes back a week after that evaluation, then that would be against Houston and that would be like ten games before i'm just curious
0: what would make it change from like it's like a three month to we'll evaluate i mean obviously you have to evaluate people regardless but i just that does seem like i think they were like
1: yeah i think when they said three months they were like well depending on how these extra tests do like he could be out for three months like if he's if it's really really severe like this injury then he could be out for up to three months um so I think they realized, like, all right, it's not actually that bad. We'll just give him a month, a month to to get as healthy as he can get, and then see what he's looking like after that. But like, I mean, he did play against the Warriors like recently. Obviously, he wasn't healthy. But I think if you're healthy enough to at least play, even if you're playing as a, you know, at seventy six percent
0: with injections, right,
1: right, yeah, yeah, then
0: you're not you're not healthy sure. enough to play if you need the injections.
1: You're not healthy enough to play, but like, it would be. I think the three month thing would be like he would he he wouldn't be playing at all. If he needed three months, I don't think he'd be playing at all, even with injections. So, I think he
0: also wasn't as like he wasn't GP two like against the Warriors. So we want yeah we like we want at least like eighty percent of that 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 player. You know, Um, even if he's not going to be that this year. So like if he's not going to be able to be impactful, then, you know.
1: You yeah, I think system matters too, to, some to be me. honest. And it's, one of the, it's the same thing we are talking about with Jordan and the young guys. Like, obviously, Gary is much older and stuff like that, but he's a guy that is a complimentary piece. He's not a, a dude that's just going to carry everything for you. But he played well for the, for the Trailblazers and everybody else around him pretty much cannot play defense. <laughs> like so it, it looks a lot different when you put him next to guys like Draymond and Looney and Wiggins. He looks a lot better than being next to Jeremy Grant and Dame Lillard and Anthony Simons and stuff like that. So For sure. even if he's not a the the full GP two that he was last year, I think he'll look better with the Warriors than he did than he did with the Trailblazers. Okay.
0: So I just there there's a little Interesting conversation that started um on the timeline as a result of alleged comments Isaiah made, which he's now said, it's not true, whatever's being said. We don't know what's not true because he didn't like elaborate, but he tweeted and he at Steph, and you want to make sure Stephan, <laughs> and we all knew that it's not true so but what was allegedly claimed is I think Stephen A. said on a podcast or someone talking to Stephen A. or something, you know, said that in, like, I guess in conversations Stephen A. has had with Isaiah in the past, you know, he said, like, back in that era, you know, Steph would have only averaged around 18 points, you know? So, mm-hmm. of course, Steph stands, Steph fans, Warriors fans, whatever people call themselves these days, um, people took it as slander and all those kinds of things, right? Um, you know, I actually like, even though Isaiah like really praises stuff, I always feel like there's also this kind of like, I don't know, I can't explain it, but like low key, I don't know. Envy maybe or like I feel like he finds little ways to like take jabs and stuff and so um it's very subtle because there's always a lot of praise and uh, you
1: know so it's It's the Zach Lowe thing.
0: Yes. Yes. So you've got, <laughs> you got you got to detect it and pick up on it. It's very subtle. Um so mm-hmm. it didn't surprise me that he may have said this. Um because I feel like that's what he does. Now, I don't know what Zach Lowe's motivations are. Um That one just always, like, surprised oh. me, too. Because you're supposed to be smart. Like, when I say that, meaning, like, you're kind of praised as this guru and, like, with the analytics and all that bullshit. So, <laughs> the, the stuff you, like, you are just, like, a walking contradiction to me. Whereas, like, with Isaiah, I get it because it's, like, for you to kind of acknowledge how great Steph is, is sort of putting him above you. And I don't think outside of magic that Isaiah wants to put any guard above him, you know, um, or consider that someone could be better than him. And on top of it, he, he was a small guard, right? So it's just like, there's a, Steph gets to do things that I couldn't do, you know, and mm-hmm. if I was able to, then who knows what I would have done. But it's like, okay. And that's what like fans of Isaiah the argument they make because there are people who say like Isaiah is the better player but Steph has like the better career and I'm like you're fucking stupid if you think.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> see this would be My great if we actually were doing a full video YouTuber. show so to see what happens Justin tried to be cute and have this background y'all and so the background just fell so it was quite funny and there's nothing wrong with his real background so you know Oh, well, too (laughs) bad you guys don't see that moment. So I'm telling you about it. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, with Isaiah, it's like, I think that's what it's about, you know, but it's just like his, his, his supporters, and he does still have supporters like, yeah, they legitimately think that he's a better player than Steph and, you know, Steph just, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, um. I'm sorry. It's very hard to compare generations. I know that. I know that. And we'll never know the answer, but no, I don't believe that that's true. I don't think Steph would have been averaging 18 points. Um, and I, for two reasons, I say that my, my two arguments, Justin, um, are one like I, and I do understand there had already been some evolution of the three point ball in that, like back then people just thought of it as like a mimic You know, I'm not a a gimmick. Sorry. Mm. And so by the time Steph came in the league, it wasn't looked at like that. But it still wasn't this like highly, highly embraced thing either. It was still, you know, it it, like the game is played the way it is now because of Steph. Right. And so I guess my point is that Steph Curry didn't exist back then to change the game. There was no one. Who shot the ball as well? Like you can say other players, blah, 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 whatever. There was no one who shot it as well as him, right? To force that kind of change then. Anyway, so I guess my point is that, like, if, if he came in in another generation and changed it because the game is now played differently, and it's because of the way he, why do we think that he couldn't have changed it in some way back then? Right. So that's, that's one of my reasons why I push back against that. But the other is just that, like, Steph doesn't need a three point shot, like, to okay. score. He is just a prolific scorer, right? Uh, um, what do you call it? A four level score? Cause I said he's a three level score. People corrected me. I'm like, I forgot y'all have these new, like, versions of how many levels of scoring they are. But whatever, however many levels you consider it, three, four, five, he is all of them. He is all of them, right? Like, he is an amazing scorer and he doesn't need the three point shot. So, like, if, if we're saying, like, to me, all-time greats are going to be great in any generation. And so, um, you know, someone said to me, well, like, Isaiah is all-time great. He is. And I think he would be great in today's generation, too. But Steph is still the more skilled player. And, like, Steph is still, to me, another level above Isaiah, as great as Isaiah is. So, like, no, I don't think, like, he was going to be limited to, like, 20, like, 18 points because he – can score he's an amazing finisher he can shoot in the mid-range he's gonna make free throws like you know he still had the three-point shot you know even if he did less volume like he's an incredible scorer and it doesn't get talked about enough so nah he wasn't gonna be no 18 point fucking scorer like he probably you know like to me he'd be well over a 20 point scorer you know like is he gonna be a 30 point scorer uh maybe not but probably 25 and up for sure
1: Yeah, easily. Easily. I mean, he's – Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. Obviously, we don't like to put just that label on him because he's obviously much more than that. But greatest shooter of all time doesn't mean greatest three-point shooter alone. You know what I mean? Greatest shooter, period. Greatest jump shot, period, of all time. No matter where it is on the court, obviously the volume and efficiency of KD and and Michael Jordan make them the greatest – you know, mid-range shooters of all time because they just shot so many more mid ranges than everybody else and hit them at a clip that nobody else can really match. But Steph has always been one of the most efficient mid-range shooters in the NBA, regardless of volume, for the majority of his career. And obviously he has the highest, last time I checked, the highest free throw percentage for his career in NBA history, right? So literally his jump shot is cash anywhere on the court, right? It doesn't need to be high level threes. Let's say instead of 12 threes a game, if he played in 19... 88 he's only shooting three of them but the rest of those 12 are just long mid-ranges he's probably hitting them so he's still going to get his 20 to 25 to 30 points a game still can finish with the best of them and if it's current Steph Curry with the extra 10 20 pounds of muscle that he put on since he had he won his first MVP then I'm sure that he'll be able to handle the physicality quote-unquote of that era um and we can talk and by the way
0: He's going to the line 20. more in that era. He's going to the line exactly. more in that era,
1: for sure. And just like Draymond said, like uh, people like to talk about how physical that certain area, that certain era of basketball was, but not everybody was physical out there, right? Draymond said it best. Like that would be like Draymond saying, "Hey, everybody, everybody in our era can shoot because it's the three point revolution." Draymond can't shoot threes, really. You know, these I mean? right. guys that play hella minutes in the NBA today that cannot shoot threes, even though this is the three-point shooting era. The same thing applies in the 80s and the 70s, where everybody was just punching people in the face on the drive and stuff like that. No, they weren't. It was certain people that was doing that more probably than today, but it wasn't every single player, right? So you can't act like Steph was just going to go out there and just get pumped every game. Like, that's just not realistic. And Steph is bigger and more physical than Isaiah Thomas. So if Isaiah Thomas can handle it, I'm pretty sure Steph can handle it. So just... Like you said, every great is going to be great in any era. That's why they're an all-time great, right? They they've transcended eras. They've transcended styles. They can play anywhere, anytime against any player and still be great. So that's just that's just a dumb dumb statement. I don't know if Isaiah actually said that, but people do think that, and it's just it's just dumb. It's moronic.
0: Yeah. Well, I always love when I think something and you're aligned with me because, you know, Justin is the brains behind this operation. So um, (laughs) if you're telling me that I have some sound, you know, reasoning, then I'm feeling pretty good about myself, Justin.
1: you just got to get the ice cream flavored opinions in order.
0: No, I don't come to you for food. Food, I'm the person for food.
1: That's crazy. All right.
0: First of all, I'm I'm older than you in life. I've had more life experience than you. I know more about that? food. I'm also a, I'm a chef. Like, come on. What are we doing here? No. I don't take food opinions okay. from you. But, you okay. know. I mean, I'll I'll listen, but, you know, if I say that it's wrong, it's wrong, and that's just what it is. <laughs> and no. <laughs> Your ice cream taste is not good. I feel like you have some other not great food takes. I can't remember them all, but that's a conversation for another day.
1: Yeah, because you're clearly making that up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We haven't had other food combos?
1: Nah, not where I've made a a bad take, nah.
0: Okay, maybe I'm confusing you with Chris, who has pretty awful takes. Hoop spaces. You should check him out, though, because...
1: Yeah, I agree He puts that.
0: out great basketball content, but his food takes are horrendous. The man doesn't like French fries. Like, come on. Get out of here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Wow.
0: Oh, and you are a French toast guy. So, yeah, some of your stuff is good. It's just your ice cream is wrong. And by the way, cookies and cream is okay. It's just mid. It's just mid. That's all. We can do better. Let's elevate your palate. That's all I'm saying. If you ever come to New York, I'll introduce you to some of my bougie ice cream.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> all right guys it's been fun um yeah all-stars coming up so we'll be back at some point this weekend uh with a little quick check-in around all-star but enjoy the time off put your mind at ease about the warriors we will get into what we expect for them you know for this last final stretch of the season but for now let's just you know, it's, let's take a break with the team, clear our minds and, you know, just think of it as a new beginning. Think of it as a new beginning when that second part of this, not even second, cause it's basically the last final stretch of the season, but you know, just let, let all that anxiety and other stuff go. So until next time, we appreciate you. Make sure you are following and subscribe uh twitter instagram at golden spaces pod leave us a review leave a rating five stars you know let us know what you're thinking send us questions so we can answer them we really appreciate the support and we will be having some exciting news to announce to you in the very very near future so tune in and and stay tuned so you don't miss out on that take care y'all